everyone, and welcome to the Podcast by ARMY podcast, where we talk about BTS, ARMY, fandom, and research. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Kate Ringland and... Jared Her, a university student. Yay! Yay! And today, today we're going to be talking about what is ARMY? Ooh. Okay. Who is ARMY? Why is ARMY? Where is ARMY? Oh, that's a that's a good one. That's a good question. Army are everywhere. Yes. All secretive. Ooh. But yeah, what do you think, Kate? What is an army? Oh my god. We only have an hour to unpack this. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. We got this. We, we can do it. Um, this is actually, I think, an amazingly controversial question. Yes, it is. It uh, has incited whole, like, fan wars and stuff. So, yeah, people get so mad. So mad. Yeah, there's, like, an, in, like, yeah, there's, like, I don't know, people feel very strongly about their opinions about this. So, maybe we should put a disclaimer here that these are also only our opinions. And if yes. you disagree with us, please don't troll us. Let's yeah. have a discourse. This is also our opinions as academics and longtime artists ourselves. Yes. So we've been ingrained in the discourse. Yeah. So I've, I've seen I've seen the discourse happen on places like Twitter. Ooh. It's been it's been a ride. But um I actually uh I actually have a survey that I deployed out in the universe mostly on twitter is where i got responses from um but part of that survey was actually digging into this question a little bit about what people think army who what they think army are yeah the identity of army but i think there's like a lot of layers here because there's there's you know like the personal identity of like i identify as army and i don't think anyone Mm -hmm. can it's not like i can tell you no you're not allowed to identify as army like there's like a very personal thing about that it's like part of my identity as a person is to be yeah but then there are the like community aspects of it of like what does it mean to not just identify as army but also be an army out in the world and i think that those are actually two different questions what does it mean to be in the community of army um so yeah i don't know i don't know where to start with all that (laughs) yeah just to kind of add on to this conversation I remember I got a comment on a YouTube video once where someone asked me, can someone be an ARMY if they don't interact with the community at all? Mm-hmm. And like, what do you think about that? So I think that maybe is like the perfect way to summarize this conundrum that I'm thinking about of like, sure, I could sit here in my bubble of solitude and be like, yes, I identify as ARMY. I can sit here and stream BTS music and buy the albums and watch the lives and go to the concerts, I guess, and say I'm an army. But I think there's like a secondary question of, you know, do you have to be a participant in the community to be army? I guess is the real question. And I don't know. 
I don't know if there's a good answer to that. Well, to kind of add on to this conversation, I have a perspective that's very considerate, I guess, more considerate than a lot of Twitter armies or just armies from my (laughs) own circles would give. But I believe that your army identity and whether you are an army or not depends on what community you are entering as an army. So, for example, on Twitter, there's a lot of army Twitter spaces that like if you don't vote, you don't stream, you don't buy, you're not an army which is completely valid within those spaces because those people value those things and those people want to continue supporting BTS through those avenues. But there are places like Tumblr where if you don't write fanfic, if you don't gif things, if you don't make transformative work, such as like fan art, fan fiction, fan edits, etc., then you aren't an army either because you're not participating in what the community values there. So this question is very dependent on what community of armies you're even coming from. Because on Twitter, I've I've shouted at people before where it's like, oh, you don't read lyrics? You're not an army. But that's because I value reading lyrics in my particular army space. And I believe very much that reading lyrics is crucial to being army because it's also something I value in understanding BTS. Mm-hmm. So that's where I sort of come from. What do you think, Kate? Yeah, you know, I kind of feel the same way. I think that, yes, one one thing that is very true is that it's very context dependent of where you live in the community. And I think that, that maybe that gets back to the interesting question of if you're by yourself in a bubble, I guess you're an army of one and you can kind of be whatever kind of army you want. You're not beholden to community expectations in any way and then that's more just like a personal identity thing versus being in a social group of army yeah and and i agree like i think that you know there's certain expectations especially and they're much more they're they're different in different places and they're some places it's much more a vocal outspoken expectation. So Twitter is one of those places where people are very loud about their expectations of you in that space. And I think that the reason we see kind of drama in the discourse unfold is when people's expectations clash. So like the lyrics thing is actually a really interesting one. I actually um, remember when there was actually kind of a whole thing on Twitter about lyrics, because if you think about lyrics in the sense that not everyone has equal access to them. So everyone, obviously not everyone is Korean speaker. Not everyone has access to lyrics in their primary language. Yes. Um, It's also an ability issue. So there's like, there's some questions around, um you know disability and being able to read lyrics and things like that and so the obviously which with everything with everything there's much more nuance than sometimes our conversations especially in online places like twitter allow for but i too am one of those people i'm like if you if you don't understand the lyrics and don't understand the messages they're sending out through their songs then i'm not I'm curious actually as to what you're doing here. Like what, what is it for you that is bringing you to this space? Because there's a certain ethos and a certain like kind of community cultural message that happens 
through through their music and if you're not a part of that then i'm curious as to like what it is for you mysterious person on the internet uh like that what it is for you that that brings you to the space and keeps you in this space culturally yeah i agree with that because i feel like a lot of times when armies find each other we come together because of bts's music and if you don't understand lyrics which is a component of their music then essentially you aren't understanding them as artists as people and I think one of the fundamental things about being an army is understanding BTS and their intentions. Cause there's a lot of people who don't understand it and try to act like they are army. And then they go off and do something insane. Like the people who try to trend things against other K-pop groups or hate on people related to BTS. Like just recently we saw John Yoon, uh Namjoon's friend, who Namjoon helped make some songs not make some songs it was one song on john's album and people harassed him because he's close to namjoon and he's in relation to him and many times a lot of people who try to act like they are armies they they do things in the name of bts against people that are close to bts in hopes of harming the members and giving like a sign or some type of symbol and i don't know what do you think about that kate it sucks yeah no it's it's really unfortunate and like the guess this gets to like my i feel like there's a lot of people who are what i have kind of termed like army adjacent so people yeah. who people who may or may not openly identify as army i don't know like some people claim to be army and don't act very army like and then there are people who don't even actively take on the label but they still sit in the periphery of the army communities of people like solos and and you know aunties and stuff like that um and i think that there's like yeah there's like some interesting nuance there of like at what point does self-identifying as army versus one's behavior kind of create some interesting tensions in like i might identify as army but if i'm going around harassing people that literally aren't even bts but like are just going around harassing people that's not like within the ethos i would say at least of my army community it's not in our ethos to do that and so you know it's a question of like well they might be identifying as army i don't know but i don't consider them a part of my community and so there's interesting tensions around that especially when you start getting to those like edges of the community where people are doing things that we may or may not agree with yeah how how i've always understood it um especially since 2020 is kind of the idea of spaces and circles so like think like one big circle is like army is like all the things that fall under army or can be considered army and i call that the army space and then there's like solo stands actual real army people who are multis people who are casual stands it's like all within the space that's considered quote-unquote army but these people are different from just being army they're like different values, different people, different like things happening, but they're all 
under this umbrella of where if like a random person on the street looked at it they're like oh yeah you're army yeah yeah, no, so, I, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know, because yeah. I, I was about to argue with you, and like, I don't want to call that army space, I would call that maybe more like the BTS interested umbrella, but you're right, that people on the outside, people who are not in army, and not in these spaces, they look at that whole umbrella, and they say, oh, army, and so yeah. we get, we get blamed for an awful lot of stuff that isn't even on us, like, it's no. kind of periphery communities, and these like edge cases if you will yeah and there's a lot of things too where like we get included with things involving k-pop stands too like yeah. okay this is this is a pet peeve of mine but feel free to argue with me but when it comes to the black lives matter donations the million dollars was from army we yeah. matched bts's donation of the a million and it was army who did that it yep. was not all of K-pop. It was not other K-pop fandoms that did that. It was only us who did yep. it. Right. And it, it's interesting to see how the label of ARMY gets both expanded and then um, minimized Yeah, as a fan. And seeing like where people do that to push certain, certain agendas. Yeah. And that is only one case as well with the the donation. Yeah. What do you think yeah. about that? No, no, I I I agree that it's used. Okay, so out, we're talking about outside the community by like mainstream journalists, yeah, mainstream media, other yeah. researchers I've seen do this. Um, you know, so like just people outside the community who don't have an investment or an insight into the community. Yeah, I do see the label getting both used to kind of leverage things but also yes get subsumed in k-pop when it's convenient for yeah the narrative right so like i see this happening a lot in academic stuff of like you know people trying to conflate army community business and army community behavior with k-pop community business behavior and i yeah i get that question a lot as an academic of like well, I see you're talking about ARMY here, but isn't this just all K-pop? And I am like, no, it's not. <laughs> no. It's really not. And I like, I I sit in this awkward place where I don't have, I'm not, I don't sit in K-pop spaces. I don't know K-pop spaces. And so I don't, I couldn't tell you like, you know, word for word, which is only army and which is k-pop and which is you know like i couldn't do that but i can tell you that army is a very unique community and it's a very they operate very differently than any other community i've seen um and i think that it's really unfortunate when that gets co-opted by these other labels and these people putting army in buckets where they really don't belong yeah and, and to kind of go back to what i was talking about as well just because the majority of the donation was from ARMY, it, I'm not, like, downplaying the efforts of K-pop stands and other K-pop fandoms to donate to Black Lives Matter either, or even just donating in general. It's yeah. just that whenever armies do something, then there's this expectation for the rest of K-pop to be dragged along with that, right. to be, like, accredited to that, when really it's, like, majority armies who are doing that effort and who are behind that effort. And it gets very frustrating because... It's like we can't even exist as our own independent community, and yeah. we are stuck with. The, it's like what we talked about in one of our, our previous episodes. I think it was the 
Namjoon episode, Namjoon birthday episode, where we talked about how like our our fandom and like army as a whole, we get labeled as K-pop stands, and we get yeah. like like our our achievements as army gets accredited to K-pop as a whole, which is yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Like we are only army, right? And then it's like double edged in that when K-pop groups are acting badly when bad things happen with k-pop groups we also get accredited for that so like it's like this awkward like it'd be really nice if we could just be separate and not included and just yeah wall right there yeah it's uh it's interesting it is and to kind of add on to what you're talking about earlier with k-pop stands basically k-pop stands are very distinctly different from armies like there's like okay there's like multiple things going on here it's like there's armies there's k-pop stands like people who like a lot of different groups and then there's people who like other k-pop groups who are like their own fandom Mm -hmm. and when it comes to people outside of army there's a lot of k-pop fandoms that believe in solo stands and that have solo stands because it's it's like a common thing within their fandom like there's always this belief in a lot of k-pop fandoms that eventually the group will disband and then you'll just follow your favorite member and that's it and you won't follow all the members anymore i know this has happened with um some larger k-pop groups like older k-pop groups and especially some other k-pop groups that have already disbanded and and have already gone off to do their solo careers so there's a very large clear distinction between bts which is the rest of the k-pop industry and then army and the rest of k-pop fandoms yeah but we all get lumped together which sucks yes it really does I also see that come up a lot too with conversations about things like fan sites, right? Where other groups tend to be more supportive of fan sites, whereas we have kind of a hard line against them. Yeah. So, interesting. It's interesting you bring up fan sites though, because I very much see fan sites as kind of a relic of the past, where oh, for a lot of newer fandoms, fan sites are kind of crucial because fan sites, they buy a lot of albums. Or they might be part of like funding, like fan bases that buy a lot of albums. They promote the group using their pictures, using their content. And they are, and they also pay a lot of money to go to fan signs and to do other things. So they are very crucial to a K pop group's beginnings in that type of sense, especially in Korea, because Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, basically, okay, this is a conversation I've had with a lot of people, but a K-pop group cannot be successful if they are not successful in South Korea. They cannot just be successful internationally. It's like a very hard truth that a lot of people have to realize because there's a lot of groups that are popular internationally, but they are not popular within Korea. Mm -hmm. And that is very much assigned to the companies as well. If you're not getting people buying hundreds of albums to go to a fan sign or anything like that, it if you don't have a Korean fan base for your favorite K-pop group, it's not going to last long. And this has happened to multiple K-pop groups in the past. I'm not going to say names, but you can look it up yourself. If you can think of any K-pop group right now that is popular internationally or ones in the past that were popular internationally and then see where they are now. And you essentially know that those groups, since they did not have a South Korean fan base, they did not last. Mm. So... It's kind of that aspect when it comes to um, talking about these fandoms. People just essentially understand the importance of South Korea sometimes in these conversations about K-pop. And 
it's very interesting as well. Sorry to jump off of that. Sorry, K. But to jump off of that, it's interesting to see how ARMY, we have a very good relationship with K-ARMYs. And other fandoms don't. They hate right. their Korean, the Korean side of their fandom. Which is super racist, by the way. And xenophobic. I'm just throwing that out there. Like, yeah, that's... If you yeah. hate a certain a certain group of your fandom just because they are from a particular country, that is xenophobic. Just straight up. Just straight up. It, it's not, you can't even excuse it. Be like, oh no, because they act like this and that. No, you are labeling an entire country, an entire group of people from a certain country as one thing. That is xenophobic. That is basic definition xenophobia. So don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. But as armies, we 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 have a good relationship with K armies. I believe we do. Even though there are some US armies that I have a problem with who try to be xenophobic towards Korean armies and act like that. We know who you are. And I'm not going to name names, but there are some larger US army accounts on Twitter and other platforms that have this whole narrative around oh we shouldn't worship K armies. Well duh, yeah. But then they take that to the extreme and try to label the entire country and people from that country, which is a whole issue. <laughs> That's a that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to kind of get back to the bigger question of who are army and you know getting into some of like the community aspects of it, I so I did um deploy this survey. Wait, are you allowed to share the data? I'm not gonna share quotes. Okay, okay, okay. I, Just I'm, gonna, I'm gonna generalize. Okay, okay. Um, I can share some of the data. It's all anonymized. I'm going to be a little hand wavy because the stuff's not actually published yet. So anyway, um, it's fine. Everything's fine. So yeah, so this was a survey that I did um, like a while ago. So this was kind of, it might've even been pre-chapter two. I'm oh my sure. God. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's, so the data is a little older, so I will give that caveat. And I got around 600 responses. So like to give a mini lecture on research. Um, so this is like very much uh, the results of the survey are very much about my community and kind of my extended community, mostly on Twitter. I think that's where we got like 90% of the responses from. Um, but the but the cool thing about this particular survey is that most of the questions were just open-ended questions. So people just left big, long stories and th- things in the responses. And so we have all this really lovely, rich, qualitative data, which is different from running numbers. So there's no statistics in this. We're not doing any stats with this with this survey data. So this is more just like imagine you were just asking a bunch of different people like what their army experience was and then they actually give you long beautiful stories about it that's basically what this survey was so with all those caveats of like this is going to be mostly people that are probably in some way connected to me even if it's like by an extended network of like there could be a couple hops in there if people shared this yeah like english speaking yeah so they had to be able to speak so the like the rules are because because ethics i they have to be able to speak english to respond to the survey obviously because the survey was in english um i required they be 18 or older so anybody who said they were under 18 i deleted their data because i wanted adults only 
Um, it's also a legal issue too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so yeah, that's a whole another ball of wax with ethics. But yeah, I mean, mostly for me, it's I want people who were actually able to consent to understand where their data was being used, and so. I want adults who have a pretty good grasp of English who could consent to to their data being used. So that's yeah. kind of like the background there. Yeah. So one of the cool things about this is we is we um so we got like some six hundred responses, which is huge. It's absolutely that's I, I recognize that it's like a very small number when we're talking about army, but there's an absolutely huge number of responses from an online open-ended survey where people are supposed to just generate their own answers to things it's a huge number of responses yeah so like as a as an example another survey i've deployed in the past to a different community i got excited about 50 responses just as like like 50 was a lot at the time and i was like oh my god 50 responses is amazing so getting 600 was actually overwhelming i was like (laughs) how am i gonna actually be able to go through all this data which is why um uh i'm still working through it even though i deployed the survey um quite a while ago now like a year and a half ago or something yeah but so all of that those were all my caveats but i like i so i've been working through this data and um there's like some very clear interesting things about how people think about the community there's actually a number of responses that were basically like well if you're not really a member of the community you're not really an army so there were a yeah. lot of those kinds of responses of people being like well even if you say you're an army, but you're not really participating in army activities or not really being engaged with the community, then it's more like you're just a casual fan, which I thought was interesting. Like there was kind of some expectation of community activity and behavior. Yeah. Um, But what I wanted to like highlight was a lot of the stuff, like while it's interesting, like what we, what we see on Twitter and what we, what, what gets, spoken about a lot is you know all the like fan behavior all the important fan behavior of supporting bts so like buying their albums voting streaming you know all the all the stuff that gets that promotes bts is obviously an important thing but the the other there's like other pillars of of people's responses and a lot of that was around um loving and supporting each other as a community and in here when i'm talking about the community i'm talking about army and bts so like loving and supporting each other so army and bts and kind of (laughs) engaging in self-love and learning to empower oneself there's a lot of that so like a lot of it's like my community is helping me so i'm here because you know, it's the sort of like, I came here because of BTS, but I'm staying because ARMY and BTS are actually making me feel like uh, a better, making me be a better person, essentially. Yeah, so there's just like, and I, I'll say that a lot of the responses, like, I actually cried because of some of the, the things people are talking about, about like, you know, the the I was in a really dark place and then I came here to this community and you know I basically have a reason to get up every day kind of a thing and for a lot of people also there was this kind of like you know I'm here for the music but 
but there's a lot more than the music that I'm staying for. So I'm staying here for the community and for the other things that BTS gives me besides on top of the music, basically. Yeah. But there's not, there was not a lot of stuff like, oh, you need to know everything about BTS or, oh, you need to like spend thousands of dollars. There's none of that. So it was all about, you know, all about that kind of shared values and commitment to caring for each other and that commitment to, you know, helping one another and kind of being here for the music and for the, and for the, and for that kind of community commitment. Yeah. It's like when armies share GoFundMes for like a surgery cost or something and it gets filled within like a couple hours. Right. Yeah. So there's like a lot of like other stuff that happens besides, you know, just being a fan of the music. Right. Yeah. Which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I can kind of speak on like my experience in fandom, but I used to not donate to people's GoFundMes or anything because I was kind of burned a lot in other fandoms where it turned out people were scammers or they used the money for some type of other thing. Like there was this one time I donated to someone and then they bought like a laptop instead of doing their like prescription costs they said they were talking about. But um, ARMY was the first fandom where I felt like much more comfortable with donating and feeling more empowered to donate instead of like in a kind of healing from that time where I was burned and kind of taken advantage of in that moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, there's actually like a big, strong, like thread of kind of the be a good human behavior. Right. So like, yeah, like we're like, as a whole, we're like super charitable, right. We, we donate so much money all the time and it's you know it goes that ranges from like these individual things to like community-wide events and stuff and there's a lot of care and a lot of support that comes that isn't just monetary right there's like a lot yeah. you know if someone's like and I've done this myself like you know oh I've just had a really terrible day and then all of a sudden in my you know inbox and my replies and stuff are flooded with you know supportive messages and people reaching out and yeah you know there's just like there's just a an investment in the community that you know it's hard to say I've seen that I have not seen it in that way in many of the other spaces that I've inhabited. So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's very wholesome. Yeah. That's so interesting that you talk about that because I've actually like, as I've become an army longer, I like leaned away from trying to get emotional support from the fandom, which is interesting whole in my own like psyche and aspect. But I think as I do that, sometimes I wish that I felt more comfortable again, like when I first entered ARMY to do that. But I feel like kind of with my position in the fandom and how I there's like so many eyes on me sometimes, it's even just as like an admin for a funding fan base, mm-hmm. that I can't share those kind of vulnerable moments anymore. Like just recently, like my one of my relatives passed away and it's been very hard on my family, but... I have not told anyone about that, except I guess now where I am revealing it. But it, it's been very hard emotionally, and um, I haven't talked about it. And I think, well, will there ever be a time again where I feel comfortable talking about those types of things on Twitter? 
Yeah. I think there's been, I think, I think that's a really interesting point in that I think that the way someone, and you can probably, I mean, you can for sure watch this evolution happen as an account gets bigger of yeah. like their shift in language and how they choose to present themselves and what they choose to talk about changes because yeah, it's, it feels significantly different when you have a hundred followers and you know, you kind of have your little bubble, right. Of like just yeah. a handful of people and you like can basically more or less know everyone that's interacting with you. Right. Versus, you know, as you can, it almost feels like, I feel like there's, at least for me, this is how it felt. Like there was like tears of like, Oh, I just hit, you know, like I, I'm trying to remember like 800 followers. It felt like I had flipped into some new realm of like, well, now I'm kind of really public. Um, yeah. And, and now I don't actually know how many followers I have right now. You like um, over 1k. I know. Oh, I'm, yeah, no, I, you're like 2k, 4k. Nah, let me yeah. flex the number, Kate. Flex the number 5,299. Wow. Well, yeah, so it's an interesting, it's, and clearly I pay attention to these things. Um, yeah, to go look it up. Uh, but yeah, no, so I, I feel like there's like some like level of, yeah, I still, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little bit weird in that I'm fairly I'm a fairly open book in terms of my current state of mood but I've always been like that that's not like indicative of anything but I do I do know that there was a way there was a time and like I said it was like in the 801k range where I like was like oh this is like something like more than just my little group of friends is seeing and I need to be careful about I need to be more careful about what I'm boosting I need to be more careful about um what I'm saying yeah and and you know and you just like you start to and you start to kind of yeah I don't know and then it was like for me it was around the like yeah maybe it was around the 2k I don't know there was somewhere in there the 2k 4k range I don't even know because apparently I I didn't even know I had 5,000 followers I started moving a lot of things into dms and yeah and creating I have like a couple of different little group chats that are like my important safe spaces um, yeah. where I can actually talk about real stuff instead of the like filtered version that I put on the timeline. So I think that's also interesting because like, at least for me, because I actually think very deeply about what it means for us to be a community. Like that's literally what I like spend my time thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, get paid to think about what makes us a community. Um, yeah. I, I am very, very reflexive of, okay, if I put this out, into the community then I am reinforcing these parts of our community and so it's important to me to like have a balance of like playful fun caring content where I am putting out good vibes onto the timeline versus elevating important issues that I think need to be addressed or at least people need to be thinking about in some way and I try to like find a balance where I'm not like you know, not increasing the drama necessarily, but there are times where I'm like, man, people really need to think about this and maybe put their thoughtful hats on for a second versus, you know, good vibes. Yeah. I, I keep seeing you like put out threads about current events. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, go Kate, go Kate, you yeah, know? I do that. Which is so interesting to me. Like, I know we talked about this before, but like, I feel, 
I feel like ever since I started following following you more and retweeting you because I retweet everything mm-hmm. um my a lot of my moots have started interacting and following you and yeah. I'm like oh man I, I done it again like <laughs> like my like there's like a joke between my moots and I where sometimes I like I'll I'll bring new people to join our circle uh-huh. and be included in our community and like like you know like all the moots and the extended yeah. moots and like that and it's like dang it crystal did it again <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's like oh new friend new person but in a way like like what you're talking about with um the 800k 200k type of thing like i've only recently hit like 800 uh, around 870 uh-huh. uh followers and for a long time i really denied like followers like i used to do this thing where i would do russian roulette with my followers and i'd be like okay guys i'm a russian roulette my followers and i would just scroll and then block someone and wow. scroll and block someone <laughs> and i told people i was like yeah don't follow me don't follow me and i was like like first it was like 500 no 420 uh-huh. it was 420 uh-huh. and i said i'm stopping at 420 followers if you follow me after 420 followers i'm gonna block you so i did that for a little while wow and then i i raised it to 500 because there's a lot of threads I had that were popping off and then people yeah. wanted to hear what I had to say so I was like okay I'm raising it to 500 and I was like okay guys I'm a Russian roulette you after 500 and then I raised it to 777 because I was like oh yeah 777 uh-huh. yes and then more people followed me because I did army questions Saturday uh-huh. and more people followed me and then I was like dang it yeah as I grow into a bigger account it's interesting to see how I change and how my response to things changed because now oh my god I remember I wrote this this thread about like homophobia within the community and how some people were being very homophobic and then someone was like why are you talking about this and they asked me like a bunch of random questions and I was I got so annoyed I just deleted the thread because I was like I honestly it's like someone I didn't even follow and they didn't even follow anyone that I knew and it was like, why are you being annoying? Why are you here? So I like deleted everything and then I blocked them because I was like, I, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> and it's like, it's like that's happening more frequently now where like random people that I don't even follow or are not even in my circles are like interacting with my tweets and oh, yeah. trying to talk to me or try, try to talk to me as if I know them. And it's like, I, I don't even know who you are. And and you're coming into like, like I say this a lot on Twitter, but I'm like, why are you in my house? Yeah. <laughs> like, Yeah. And I don't know. How do you feel about that, Kate? You no, I, like, yeah, no, no. I, I think it's, a, I think that the, like, it's a really interesting point. And like, maybe part of the point we're trying to make here about community is that, you know, up until a certain person bought out Twitter, having one's community fairly locked down on Twitter, for example, was like more or less easy to do. And, uh, the, the algorithm is now totally broken. So that's not, it's not nearly as easy to kind of curate your space as it used to be. So there's that going on. So there's like technological things going on under the hood that are just like totally screwing up like how we have been developing our community. But I also think it's a really interesting point of like, if you, even if you're not a big account, if you just have a thread or a tweet that goes viral, but yeah, so like whenever you have a tweet that goes off, you will get a bunch of people seeing it who aren't like part of your little community right so like they're yeah like I I visualize it as kind of bubbles and I've actually 
attempted to map this out at some point because this has I've seen this happen both with stuff I've done on Twitter and TikTok so it's interesting to see kind of the similarities and differences but like you basically if you get a certain amount of retweets or posts it, you can kind of envision it as like concentric enlarging circles like you think of it like rings of a tree or something where yeah um, you kind of pop into the next level of circles and then that many more people will see it kind of exponentially grows and so you can see like oh I just got 50 reposts and then it pops in the next circle and then all of a sudden it blows up and you've got like that much more visibility until you kind of blow up and blow up and blow up and then at some point it kind of dies down and you don't you don't make it to the next like concentric circle if you will but yeah. each time you like each time you fall into one of those circles, you're hitting more and more people that don't follow you or you don't interact with. Like they're people outside you, like you're they're the friends of a friend kind of a thing, or people who are seeing it on the timeline. And so with each of those concentric circles, then you're increasing the likelihood that you're gonna get randos commenting on it. Yeah. And for the most part, those stay fairly innocuous. Like, uh, I, you know, I'll have things where people are just like, oh, yes, this is great, or agree, or, you know, they'll just have, they're just trying to chime in and add to, like, the 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 fray, if you will. Yeah. Um, and then, unless it's something that's, like, people are disagreeing with, and then that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing where it turns into, like, a quote storm, and people are quoting it instead of commenting and, and things like that. But yeah, but then I do, I agree that, like, you'll get these random people then, especially as things get more and more views, you'll get these random people who will come in and try to start something, and it's often really unclear if they actually care, or if they're just there for the engagement, or if they like, you know, and so oftentimes I'll just ignore them. That's yeah. my MO is I'll just like, if it's somebody being extremely obnoxious and harmful, I'll block them. If they're just yeah. randomly weird and just don't know how to socialize on, on the platform, then I just ignore them. Pretend I didn't see it. I, you know, it's hard because like when, when you have someone in your replies versus somebody who's quoting you, it's a little bit different. Because if they're in your replies, you can't delete their reply. So it's there no matter who else comes and sees the tweet, right? And so I find yeah. it frustrating. Like, I there's the hide feature, but it doesn't work that well. So if I block them, I feel weird because I've blocked them. I can't see it anymore, but I know other people still can. And so that makes yeah. it very weird. Um. Anyway, so there's, like, some weird safety issues with the tech that I you know have thoughts about but I do think that yeah I think it's an interesting like especially if you got somebody who's you know it depends on how controversial the original thread was or whatever but like yeah. if you people in your replies who are being harmful to you that is a hard thing to deal with especially if other people then start engaging with it and you just then your notifications get flooded because you've got people like actually fighting with them and stuff but it keeps popping up in your notifications right yeah and I don't know I yeah I agree I find it really hard to figure out like where my lines are with dealing with that kind of stuff but I also for me for me part of it is like yes there's the harm and the whatever that's happening to me in those moments and the awkwardness and the weird socialization that's happening with these randos for me but then I also try to think about like, what is this doing to my community? And what is this doing to the people who are following me? 
if I'm replying to someone and people have notifications on for me, they're, they're like suddenly in that conversation. And do I want to be inviting people into these different weird conversations? So mostly I just ignore stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. I think that's the smartest move, honestly. Like you just choose to not engage with people who want to clearly be there in bad faith type of vibe. Right. Yeah. Because I don't know. You can usually tell. You can usually yeah. tell. Because they're no, usually but, there to say something controversial. Yeah. But it's so weird sometimes because it's like, it's like, like you make a thread. Like there's some, there's a thread I made that shared like archives, right? And this was, by the way, this was all archives of official content. There wasn't yeah. archives where it's like paid content or anything on it. And there's this one person who came into my replies and tried to like make a problem with like sharing archive material and content. Like, and I was like, this is, all just official content and it's like just pictures from like bts's social media um right. like label like right. and twitter and instagram and like that and it, it's so strange when people come into spaces without any context without anything and they just like want to make a problem it's yeah. like I, I have no idea who you are you have no idea who i am but you come in here you I try to act like you can control the room now which yeah. is crazy which that's what i always see as like my house like, my profile is my house like right. and when people are weird or crazy i'm just like why are you in my house you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think of mine and i this is going to be the professor in me but i think of mine more like not a classroom but more like if we if i was like out in the park with all my friends and we were having like a little town circle it's my little town circle you know where like I'm yeah talking, but other people are talking and you'll occasionally get some random person walking through and like it's okay as long as they're not there to like you know start something right and like yeah. I, I'm the sort of like I intentionally made my account so that it was welcoming and I want new people to feel like they're included and stuff which is why I don't randomly block people um <laughs> different choices different choices it's fine choices. <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I don't like to me it's like if somebody comes in and starts fighting or saying harmful things you know I I immediately think oh god I have to protect the rest of the people that are here with me um, yeah and I've not been given all the tools I need to do that the other thing that I have found speaking of like army community the other thing that I have found um really nice about the way I I guess the way I've curated my space I don't know is that oftentimes if I have somebody coming into my replies and saying something really atrocious or something just like off the wall wrong or yeah. whatever, I usually like will be like, I'm just going to pause and wait. And usually I will have a mutual who will reply for me. So <laughs> yeah. I'll, just like, I'll just be like, no, I'm just going to wait until one of my more vocal friends comes in and uh, corrects them or whatever and it usually you know usually happens like there's usually someone who's like oh no I'm not gonna let this fly and then they take yeah so it's nice knowing that a little bit at least I have people like who will kind of like we kind of step in and help each other out when those things start yeah and that goes back to like how the community we help each other yeah that's that's one of the ways we do it that's one of the like one of the ways we support is being like oh no we're not gonna let that fly under these replies and yeah you know, I, I, I'm all for 
those kinds of activities as long as it doesn't turn into a dog pile I you know I don't yeah but yeah I I think that usually like at least with my moots and stuff we keep things fairly civil so Mm. (laughs) more that's so interesting like contrasting (laughs) from my moots like there's sometimes (laughs) where they're dogpiling someone and I'm like guys hold back like this person they I think they get it now that they were in the wrong you know (laughs) like 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 there's I don't know it's just like it's just like different things and also it's interesting how see how like we differ in how we view our community spaces because I see it as like a very intimate space like it's my house like yeah. there's like walls it's enclosed so when someone yeah. walks in randomly I'm like who are you yeah you know <laughs> but but for you you see it kind of more like a town hall community space where like people yeah. can enter and leave and kind of there's more yeah. openness there yeah. but I think that's just kind of contrasting of how like our follower accounts work too. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and I like, for me, I stepped into this space. Well, yes, I stepped into this space knowing that I was going to behave a certain way. And then I was going to present myself a certain way because I am a researcher and I'm actually here with research intentions on top of me yeah I remember and so like and I actually think about that a lot too when I'm like blocking people and stuff like I don't run blockchains I don't there's a lot of things I don't do because I wow I've never, never run a blockchain in my life um wow so I'm very very intentional if I've blocked someone there's a very good reason I've blocked them yeah um, and I don't so I don't randomly block people yeah no so I I because to me um, I'm, you know, if you're part of my space, then there's potential that I'm going to be talking about you anonymously, not obviously not calling you out. Like I'm very, very careful about how I write about my space. Um, yeah. so people don't get like called out in random articles and stuff, but like, you know, there is the knowledge that I am using this space to to share with the world what we're doing in these spaces and if you aren't comfortable with that you should be blocking me but I feel like it's not fair to necessarily block other people who might want to actively engage with me in terms of talking about the academic portions of it if they have concerns and they need to reach out to me they need to be able to reach out to me so yeah um so I I block a lot more on my fan account but like my academic account is fairly open to people Mm. so because I feel like people need to be able to you know have access to me in some way if they have concerns about the research so yeah it goes back to like community ethical research based stuff and I yeah I uh I have put a a lot of thought into this yeah (laughs) very much you have used your account for research and kind of like your academic work, but the account that I use primarily is very much just my fan account. Like, I live tweet um, concerts when we watch them. So, like all the D Day concert, you could just see me like with each song. Oh my god, best song! Oh yeah, yeah, the best I song. Yeah, I have that with my I have that with my fan account too. And yeah. like, yeah. So I also live tweet with my with my account and it's like my propensity for swearing it goes up during the concerts like you can see you can probably graph it how much yeah I during my live tweet versus my regular day-to-day like, oh, yeah like oh. i have like so much i yeah no it's it's really funny um 
because like you can kind of tell when I off the cuff and like impulsively tweeting stuff like I often will also live tweet when like you know things drop or you know comebacks or whatever yeah Uh, like music videos or whatever but I so it's like funny because I I feel like I feel like sometimes people come because I write these really intellectual interesting thought-provoking threads that like have all this like you know I'm very I spend okay this is gonna be interesting I spent days crafting those the longer threads I spent days wow like thinking about it and then like is this really what I want to say and I like think put I put as much thought into my threads as I do like an academic paper oh and so yeah, so like when I don't respond to an issue or something right away, it's because I'm actually putting a lot of thought into it. It's not that I'm ignoring it. Anyway, um, so you can really tell the difference between those and that. And so I feel like people come when one of those threads goes viral, right? When one of those threads like pops off. People come for that like intellectual um, goodness. <laughs> then they are left with me crying and screaming and swearing on the timeline when uh, something drops. So, you know, they get all of it's- it. It's the dichotomy. That's why, but this goes back to larger conversations we had before. But I trust academics who have fan accounts where they yell and scream more than academics who don't. <laughs> like, like I need to, I need to see you losing it a little in order to trust you. I've so we have some, it. some real vulnerability. <laughs> well, I I have that in spades, so I guess there's that. Yeah. <laughs> well, also to go back to like. Like how we talk about like viralness. What do you qualify as viral on Army Twitter? You have no idea. I have no idea. Wow. I think our space is too big. I think our space is way too big. I think like, and and I've lost all perspective because, um, yeah. When I just had my academic account, I, I mean, I never had anything pop off ever. Almost never. Like the biggest, the biggest, the biggest, I'm trying to think, the biggest thing I ever had happen to me was when I wrote about a video game and I said some really controversial stuff and trolls found me. And even that only got like 15,000 views. Yeah. And that was intense at the time. I thought, I was like, well, this is a ride. I never want to do this again. I also really hate, like, speaking of virality, I really hate it when things pop off. I have such anxiety about it. But anyways yeah, yeah we talked so about like, that before yeah so like so like when and maybe it's because the first time it ever happened to me I was like getting death threats in my inbox and stuff but anyways that's what I get for saying controversial things on the internet but that was like the first time that, that had really happened to me and I was like I think that was like 15,000 views and there was there was quite a high engagement because of you know trolling and stuff so yeah. anyways but then so then on army twitter i like have no perspective of like what is normal anymore and so like i think you know one of the one of the one of my tweet threads the one about the panopticon has like some 800 thousand views almost a million i can't actually remember now where it hit wow like almost a million views and i was trying to explain this to some other academics at a like we were at a workshop like two days after it started like after it went viral mm-hmm. um, i was explaining to them and they like literally could not comprehend those numbers they, could, they were like i was like yeah so i wrote this whole thread about foucault and the panopticon and and you know and it got all these hits and and they're just looking at me like what what happened 
happen now. Yeah. And so there's just like there's just no there's no connection to reality basically on army twitter i don't know so anyways but that um yeah that that was abnormal to get that many hits for me so i don't even Mm. but i don't have a good like and like as my follower count has increased my threshold for like oh this is really popping off has like also gotten higher because yeah get more views now than they did before well, like, I, like, honestly, don't recommend it. No. I actually really hate it a lot, especially, especially when things really start heating up. I'm just like, okay, maybe, like, I will have, I have done this where, like, you know, something keeps showing up in my notifications, so I just mute it. So I have no idea what certain threads are doing anymore, because I'm just like, all right, this, I've hit my emotional capacity for dealing <laughs> with this thread, turning yeah. notifications off, so people can keep having their discourse, but I'll be over here lively unaware that it's happening (laughs) no but that's like that's so interesting to me because like when it comes to tweets popping off i like to monitor it so yeah like i'm like constant there's still tweets that i have that like get likes and retweets and quote retweets still and i'm just like hawkeyes like what are you doing like what are you doing i used to be more like that and I think I finally took the like, okay, this is not good for my mental health. Especially certain, it's not everything. Some things I enjoy watching, like the discourse and the quote. Yeah. I enjoy it. But there's other things where I'm like, okay, well, I've said my piece. I'm not going to keep arguing about this. If you want to keep arguing about this, go ahead. But I've said yeah. my piece, so I'm going to just move on. And um, I... Ha- and I usually will say that even I'll even reply to the thread and be like all right I'm muting this now bye yeah so like if you really want to talk to me about this find a different way because it's not gonna be through this thread so yeah but I feel like that has been really good for my mental health oh my god <laughs> we're gonna have to talk about we're gonna talk about this later yes, yes. in the that's, in a, the that's a different conversation yeah but yeah but I do think there's like an interesting thing about you know, the ways in which the technology and the platform really influence how the community is created and how the community gets maintained, right? So, like, yeah, all this discussion about, like, you know, how we interact with people and the kinds of people that interact with us, like, is all heavily influenced by the platform we're on. And each platform that ARMY inhabits has very, very different, like, infrastructure in terms of how people can actually interact. And so I, like... Yeah, you know where you were talking about Twitter versus Tumblr and like those platforms have very very different ways for people to actually engage with one another and there's different like understand how people are engaging with you because like on Tumblr you don't see anything there's no visibility into like are people seeing this post I don't know so like you know you get this like more of a I'm screaming into the void and maybe someone someday will interact with me vibe versus like Twitter where you have you can actually monitor all the statistics because they're right there like yeah it's very different it's so interesting like I think because I've been on Tumblr for a long time I am pre-2017 NSFW uh, banned (laughs) Tumblr person and being on Tumblr for a long time, it's very interesting to see how things have changed. Because I think pre the ban, it was way more active and like the, the, the whole, I, I can't describe it sometimes to people, how Tumblr was pre the ban. Because it was so active and there's so many people and it was very much like thriving 
in a way. But then after the band, it was like this whole fall off point of like user activity. And like I was still there and I still had friends who I talked to, but it was like nothing basically to, to, to see like communities develop and kind of how that affects the communities there is very interesting, especially when it comes to army. Cause I feel like the Tumblr community on army is so cl- enclosed and small and mm-hmm. just like, if anyone has drama uh, in the army Tumblr, everyone knows, everyone yeah. knows. Cause that's just, cause it's such a small community. Like, Especially because uh, they're all connected through Discord servers too, so that's right. that's another T thing as well. So, yeah, it's interesting to think about our different communities, and this goes back to a larger question as well, like what is an army? It's all right. contextual at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we want to kind of wrap this up. It's been a little while, but any final thoughts on what is an army, Kate? Final thoughts. Well, um. I think that like the the like my final thoughts are you do you if you yeah. want to like you like live your best army life right and I I think that like the places you choose to be in your army community and how you interact with your army community are going to very much impact your army experience as a whole and that if if you are if you are somewhere where it's not working for you try somewhere else like yeah there's just like you know there's there are options out there you don't if you find twitter to be too dramatic and too whatever then try different platforms right or if you don't you know or if you don't like the silence that often happens on tumblr then try different platforms yeah reddit is good yeah like like, yeah there's like lots of different places and like there's offline places too like go to like a cup sleeve or you know whatever try to find people doing a meetup or organize your own meetup maybe um super fun so like there's different ways to kind of go about it and I think that you know I think for me I'm not going to waste my energy shaming people for doing it the wrong way unless they're being harmful to other people in that yeah shame them a little bit because you should not hurt other people and that includes other army and bts yeah I get that and just to add on, like, kind of my final thoughts as well, very much if you can be an ARMY, if you can, if you call yourself an ARMY, if you don't, but just don't speak on things that you don't understand. Yeah. So, like, if you're an ARMY and there's people talking about streaming and you don't understand how to, anything about streaming, don't say, well, I don't stream and I don't think streaming is important. Don't say that because you're very much not within the context of that community of armies. So... That's not a place for you to speak on. But if you want to speak on, like, maybe you draw fan art as an army, and that's something you can really speak on, then speak on that, you know? It's just about being considerate and understanding kind of different people's places in the fandom and how, at the end of the day, we all are here in support of BTS and to love BTS. And also controversial opinion that I won't elaborate on anymore in this episode, but very much the transformative part of fandom that writes fan fiction and and does fan art and fan edits all of them are important to our community as well it is not just streaming buying and voting that is important to bts yes i agree with that yes i'll second that stay tuned (laughs) for a later episode (laughs) stay tuned for a later episode thank you all so much for watching this podcast watching listening this podcast you keep saying watching <laughs> well reading this podcast you can be reading the transcript right now very yes. cool 
thanks for participating in this podcast experience. Yeah, thanks for participating. Yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for being ARMY. Have yes. a wonderful day. And remember to stream BTS, stream all the songs, stream albums top to de- top to bottom. You know, yes. we got to do the whole thing, the whole yes. spiel. Stream them, vote, buy, make creative things, and have a wonderful day. Have a Bye. wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Bye.